Hi guys, this is Joseph. Welcome to the Jesus Cast with Joseph M. This is a Christian podcast dedicated at casting Jesus to the world through teaching the word of God for instilling biblical knowledge, increasing faith, and helping you discover your purpose in God. May you enjoy the sermon. receive my humble greetings today in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ my name is joseph and welcome to the jesus cast podcast this is a new week guys okay it's a new week and i'm i'm really really excited about these messages and as i work on them i feel like you know god is just taking me to a new level in terms of an of having an understanding of faith and i'm hopeful that this is not just me getting to this perspective like to understanding the way in this way or not just understanding the word in this way, rather, but understanding faith in this way. <clears throat> I'm hoping that even you guys, you know, as you listen in, as you tune in each week, and as you continue to listen, you know, you you get to that level of faith as well. You know, your faith grows to that level. And interestingly enough, this is what we're going to be discussing today. Okay, uh, over the past two weeks, we've discussed uh, two important aspects of faith, and since the beginning of rather of this series, uh, which is called faith. Yes, this is our faith. This is our series called Faith, which we've been on for the past three weeks. This is our third week. This is our third episode, our third preaching on this. And yeah, we're going to keep going. I don't know how far we will go with it, but I'm hopeful that, you know, uh, whatever that we get out of it is really, really going to build up our faith. It's really, really going to get us to a place where faith is just something that's within us. You know, we walk faith, we talk faith, you know, and yeah, so in the last two weeks, we have, firstly, we've discussed um, having a new faith perspective, okay? And this focused on helping us come to an understanding of how Christ saw faith and how he desires us that we see faith in the same way. And you see that in how he responds to every challenge that he faced. We see that in how, you know, every time the disciples had an like had a lack of faith he would show it to them he would tell it to them because he would want them to have had faith in that particular environment or particular situation which they would have faced and then uh, we then discussed finding our faith trigger okay so what we said about finding our faith trigger is that a faith trigger is anything that helps us to get to our faith okay so anything that god is using in our life to get us to having faith is a faith trigger so it could be uncertainty, it could be a loss of a job, it could be a loss of a family member, anything, okay? It could be relationships that are going sideways, it could literally be anything, okay? So last week what we discussed when it comes to this particularly, we discussed how we can actually discover it, okay? How we can discover our faith triggers, okay? So today we continue with this series and we're going to be reading from uh, the book of Judges 6 and we're going get, to be getting straight into the message. It's going to be a great message, so just stay what's the right word stay tuned yeah whatever 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 so listen up uh so this is what uh judges chapter 6 says okay it's verses 36 to verse 40 and it reads as follows gideon said to god if you will save israel by my hand as you have promised look i will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor if there is dew only on the fleece and all the ground is dry then i will know that you will save israel by my hand as you said and that is what happened gideon rose early the next day he squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew a bowl of water then gideon said to god do not be angry at me let me make just one more request allow me one more test with the fleece 
but this time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. That night God did so. Only the fleece was dry, all the ground was covered with dew. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we honor you for this word. I believe, Jehovah, that this word comes from you. If it was my own word, Lord, I'm confident that I wouldn't even be preaching from this perspective. I wouldn't even be able, Jehovah, to even preach it, Father, so I know that it, come, that it comes from you, Jehovah. So I'm grateful that, Lord, you use me for your glory and for your kingdom, O oh Lord. And I pray that for each and every person in listening to this message at this moment, O oh Lord, open their spiritual ears that they may receive it, Lord. Open their spiritual minds so that they may understand it, Father. And Lord, may they Jehovah be transformed by this message oh Lord in the name of Jesus Father I pray amen and amen so yeah guys uh, okay I'm gonna repeat this now so since I put in the, this new tooth now, I've been having a challenge in terms of speech okay I can't really speak properly okay and it really gets to me it really really gets to me like I don't know how I'm gonna get used to it but I'm gonna get used to it in time anyway if you don't know what I'm talking about it's okay it's all right let's get into the message uh, so we've just read a message uh, from the book of Judges 6 from verses 36 to verse 40 okay and this is a passage about Gideon testing the angel of God okay rather not testing the angel of God but asking the angel of God to show him signs okay now just a rough background of how we got to this passage is God is angry with the Israelites because they have turned away from him. They've started living lives that are outside of him and they disobey his commands. Okay. So he gives them to the hands of the Midianites and all the other groups. And those people like really, really bully the Israelites. They mistreat the Israelites. So like so badly that, you know, the Israelites don't know how to handle it anymore. Okay, so the Israelites cry out to God and they go to God and they ask God for help. Okay, now, as they call on God, by the way, Gideon has never heard the voice of God. In fact, Gideon does not know anything that is related to God except what has been told to him by his parents. Okay, except what has been told to him by his parents. So when we get to when the angel of God appears to him, okay, this is his first encounter with a godly, okay, with a godly power, with a supreme power. So his first instinct, okay, his first instinct is if really, really you're from God, show me a sign, okay? So the angel of God says, okay, it's fine, I'll show you a sign. So Gideon says, wait here, I'm going to go and prepare meat for you, okay? I'm going to go and prepare an offering for you, then I'm going to bring it back. So Gideon goes, prepares the offering, and comes back with it. I, I, like, <laughs> I want to get to the message, but I just, I, I just want to dwell into this, this part of the passage, okay? Just how the angel of God is patient enough to allow Gideon to go and cook, okay? To go and prepare a meal. This is a fresh debate meal, okay? He's studying it from scratch, okay? And he is bringing it. To the angel of God. Like the patience that the angel of God had. I wonder if we have that sort of patience with God. Like. If a supreme being. An angel of God. Well obviously. I don't think they are more supreme than us. I think God has placed us. In heavenly places with Christ. So that makes us. Like equals. To an extent. Anyway. Moving on. 
this angel has the patience to wait for Gideon to go and prepare an offering. Just take a moment and think about it. An angel of God, a representative of God. This is like you telling God to wait. This is like you saying, God, wait a minute, I'll be back. And God waits. Anyway, so Gideon asked the angel of God to wait. Okay, so the angel of God found Gideon in a wine press, threshing wheat. Okay, very abnormal. But anyway, I don't want to dwell into these nitty-gritties. I want to get straight into the message. Okay, so Gideon comes back with the offering and the angel of God bends the offering to a point that you cannot even see that the offering was there. And that is a sign. Okay, you can't even see that it was there. So, so under normal circumstances, the offering would bend and, you know, there'd be ashes on the floor. But in this point, he, the angel of God bends it completely. So Gideon accepts that sign, believes that this is a man from God. This is an angel from God. You are sent by God. Okay, so we get to this part of scripture. Okay, the angel of God has already given Gideon an instruction. Okay, he has, the angel of God has already told Gideon that this is what I want you to do. God wants to save the Israelites from the hands of the Midianites and he is going to use you. Okay, now Gideon makes his excuses. Okay, firstly he says, I'm not strong and my family is not strong. So how am I going to do this? And the angel of God says, God will help you. God will be with you. And then it gets us to a place where Gideon says, okay, if for real, for real, the, if for real, for real, God is going to use me. He's going to use my hand. Okay. I want a sign. Okay. So the angel of God says, okay. So the angel of God does the first sign. And then Gideon says, if for real, for real, for real, the angel of, if God is going to use me, and I don't mean to make God angry or anything like that. I just want the assurance that God is going to use me to a point that I don't lack the confidence to go out to battle. And I wonder how many of us are in this state right now who say, God, I see that you have called me, but I want the assurance to know that you want me to be preaching the gospel. God, I see that you have placed me in this space. But I want the assurance to know that this space is the right space for me. I see that you're taking me to a place, but I need to be sure that wherever you're taking me, it is you who is taking me there and it's not just my mind. I had a conversation with my friend. And in our conversation, we spoke about how when we have conversations with God, sometimes it felt so much like I'm just making things up in my head. And one of the things I said is, Going back to the book of Judges chapter 6, speaking about Gideon, has always been one of the, my, my well, literally my go-to passages when it comes to moments like that. I ask God for a sign. I say, God, if it is you who is telling me this, show me a sign. I've seen this multiple times, okay? I'm not, I'm not just making this up, okay? I've seen God show me signs multiple times. In fact, some decisions, most of the decisions I've actually made in life, okay? I've made them from this perspective. I've always gone back to God and said, God, I'm about to make this decision, okay? If this is the right decision for me, show me a sign. 
and God would show me a sign. And I like what Gideon does because Gideon is straightforward. Okay, Gideon goes straight and says, I want this sign to be like this. Okay, and Gideon knows that if the sign is the way he imagines it, then it's, it's, it means that it is true. But if the sign is not how he imagines it, it means that it is false. And the angel of God goes and does the sign the way Gideon had asked for it. And this is where we start today. From a position of saying, I want to learn how to build my faith. And the title of our message today is Building Faith Muscles. And Gideon is a perfect example of that. Let me get to the message, okay? So, our faith muscles, okay? Our ability to exercise our faith, okay? We can't maintain our faith unless we are shown, unless like, we have truly shown that our faith is in the right place, okay? Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me say this again, let me say this again. The only way to maintain faith is to start from a position of building it. Okay, when Jesus Christ says to us, you will say to this mountain, move, and the mountain will be moved. Before you can get to a faith where you say to this mountain, move, and the mountain is moved, there needs to be a place where you started and said, God, I need to prove you first. Okay, I need to prove your existence. And I think we are beyond that by now. I think we've proven that God exists. I think we've seen it by now. We've seen the trees, we've seen the sun. Hell, creation is a perfect example of the existence of God. I'm an example of the existence of God. You are an example of the existence of God. So your faith in God is not questionable. Your faith in God is something that you are set on, that you are sure about. But, for most people, the idea of faith has to start from them knowing that it is God who is with them. Firstly, okay, it begins there, that it is God who is with them. I need you to hear me, okay? <laughs> see, 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 in most cases, people believe in different things. Their faith is in different things. Now we need to come to a place where we say, God, we need to know that our faith in you is true faith, okay? But we cannot know that our faith in you is proper unless if we know that you are the God of the faith that we have. I don't know if you're hearing me. I'm hoping that you're hearing me. I'm hoping that you understand this. Okay. And this is before we go to the next step. Okay. The next step would be then, because I have faith in you, now I need to have faith that you can do all things. But I cannot get to the faith of him doing all things unless I have the faith of him. Unless I have the faith in him. Okay. So we first believe that he exists. Okay, and then we believe that he can do all things. And this is how Gideon begins testing him. Okay, Gideon has never had the voice of God, has never communicated with God. In fact, the voice of God was not there at that time. 
Okay, in the same way that Samuel had never had the voice of God, and Samuel gets called by God, and he's confused by this because he has never had the voice of God, so he keeps going to Eli. Okay, so Gideon has to prove God's existence first. So he says, Angel of God, wait for me, and I will come back with an offering, then you will prove to me that you're sent by God. And the angel of God does that. So now he has proven God. Okay. And I think most of us have gotten to the stage where we have proven God. We have proven his existence. We know that God exists. In fact, it is unquestionable to us that God exists. But the problem is, can he do the things that he said that he will do? The problem is, can he bring me all the things that I ask from him? The problem is when I pray to him, do I receive the things that I'm asking from him? And this is what Gideon was testing as well. Okay, so now that he knows that God is that God exists, now he wants to prove that it is true that God wants to use him, that God is gonna go and win this fight for them. Now what he is proving is <laughs> he is proving that God has influence on earth. Hear me out. I think most of us, we look at God and say, God, you are a God in heaven. Okay? So the only time that you and I have an exchange is when we speak about things that have to do with heaven. This is why people will pray for forgiveness more than anything. Because all they know is, if I pray and I repent from my sins, then I am sure to get to heaven. And that is well and good, but there is more that God wants for us. There is more that God has planned for us. There is more that God has prepared for us. In fact, we did a series around December that was about God's plan. Okay, And I want you to understand that God's plan for us is a plan on earth and in heaven. But it starts on earth. God's plan for us begins here. It begins with us doing things on earth, doing things for him on earth, proving our faith in him on earth. The Bible in Hebrews 11 tells us that faith is what pleases him. So how do I now prove my faith in God? You've discovered what your faith trigger is. Now you know. I keep getting tested through not having money. So how do I now build my faith so that whenever the test of money comes, I am not afraid? Hear me out, okay? Our faith is divided into two, okay? And this is what I've been saying. This is the point that I'm making, okay? The first one is faith in God, okay? And faith in God is believing that there's a higher power, there's a higher authority, and that he has a plan for us, and that he has created us for a purpose. So his plan for us works hand in hand with our purpose. Okay? And I said, this we are cool with. This we are fine with. The problem comes when we need to have faith in his power. And this is why you find people confused and serving other gods. 
This is why you find people confused and asking for things from different places. This is why you find people confused and doing the 11-11 thing, manifesting what, what, whatever, what, 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 what. Because their faith has not fully been given to the power that God has upon their life. They still believe in God, but they don't believe that God, okay, not that they don't believe, okay, their belief is God needs help. They might not say it in those many ways, but every time they do something, they feel like God needs help. God cannot do this for me now, so I need to do this and do this and do this, but God does not need, need your help. God has it all covered. He has it all figured out. Now, faith in God's power starts with believing that he can do all things. Okay? The second time Gideon goes to the angel of God, okay, he is now testing that God has the power to do all things. Okay? And the angel of God does two miracles that are the same in two different ways, according to how Gideon had asked from the angel of God. And at this point, Gideon develops the confidence that God can do all things. That God can do the things that he said he will do. That God will do the things that he said he will do. That God is doing the things that he said he is doing. And I wonder, isn't this what we struggle with? Isn't this what we struggle with most of the time? That we don't really have confidence in God and we are not really sure that God is the one who is sending us to do things. Or we're not really sure that God is going to do things for us. So we start taking matters into our own hands. We start doing things with our own power, with our own abilities. And when they fail, we still blame God and say, God, but you're not helping us. But we didn't go to him first. Hear me out. I'm speaking about faith here and faith like anything okay like anything that you do in life requires practice it's like when you study mathematics mathematics requires practice the more you do it the more you know the more you learn the more you discover the more you grow okay now building our faith muscles begins with us practicing our faith so how do I practice my faith you ask the key is to start doing the things that prove my faith, right? Things that show that I have faith. And truth is, you don't have to start big. Okay? You don't have to start big. You don't have to be the first one to start with mountain movement and mountain movement. And I think the problem is we lose confidence because we ask for things that are too big for us. Not that God cannot give them to us. But because sometimes the bigger the things are, the more time is required for them to get to you, we feel like God does not exist, that God is not helping us. In fact, we feel like God does exist, but he's not a God who does those things. So we need to figure them out by ourselves. We need to wake up and hustle and grind by ourselves without God's help. James tells us that faith without works is dead. Okay? Just to clarify something, probably someone is going to ask, do pastors not preach that uh, we don't have to do anything, we don't have to have works? 
they are correct and you don't have to do anything to be saved but you do have to do something to maintain your salvation okay you do have to do something to maintain your salvation and that is to have faith and when you have faith you need to display your faith through action you need to display your faith through works when you say you have faith okay this is the example that james is making okay he says faith without works is dead and he goes and says if you say to me you have faith but you have no works i will show you my faith through my works okay so when someone is called i don't say to them god be with you i give them something to wear to keep them warm and that is the exercising of faith okay but at the end of the day it is dependent on what your faith is being exercised upon like gideon he is exercising his faith upon a situation that requires him to say if for real for real he's going to use me show me a sign so god shows him a sign and also someone someone some, someone someone is kind of like asking but didn't jesus say that uh, the problem with this generation is that they're always asking for a sign context Jesus was focusing his message on the fact that the sign of his coming was always there and not only was the sign of his were the signs there of his coming his existence on earth proved that he was there but the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees and whoever those people are kept asking for a sign they kept asking for him to prove to them but he had already done that and this is the challenge that I have with us today Okay, this is the challenge I have with us today. That when we ask for signs from God, we are asking for signs of things that he has already done. Okay. We, <laughs> the Bible as a whole is made, up, is made up of signs that prove the existence of God, that we got covered. But it also proves the power of God. I will always say there is no one that I know in scripture who died and was never resurrected. Okay? Anyone who died and needed resurrection was resurrected. Anyone who got sick and needed healing was healed. Okay? The problem is we don't think that this, these things are possible today. We have lost track of the identity that God had placed in us. So we think that these things have to be started over again. They can't happen now. I want you to hear me out okay god's power is still available to us and not only is it still available to us this passage the bible and everything that is in it okay we are also included in that in fact when the bible was made i'm confident that they had you and i in mind the people who would come after christ had died after the disciples had died and would need to have proof of the existence of Christ, would need to have proof of the power of God when man has the Holy Spirit. And we see it at the gate called beautiful when, <laughs> when Peter them heals someone. They are not Christ, but they still heal because the power has been bestowed on us. Now, what am I saying? What am I saying? I'm saying the faith that we have in God, okay, 
is translated into action by us believing that the things that God said that we can do, we can do. By us believing that when we do actions, okay, we are pleasing God, but at the same time we are proving his power on earth. But we cannot prove his power on earth unless if we believe that we have been included in the same promises of the power that is to come on us, the power of the Holy Spirit. If we don't believe that the Holy Spirit is on us and we have access to it and we can actually use it, then we cannot use it. One of the, one of the most interesting passages that I've read on and I've been working on a blog message for this and you know I haven't really posted it for this week but I'm hoping that I'll still be able to post it but here's, here's, here's the point before I move too far away from the point of this discussion okay the point the point I was making is there's a woman there who's been bleeding for 12 years and this woman who's been bleeding for 12 years gets to a place where Christ is going somewhere and Christ passes by the place where she is at and she sees Christ and everyone is surrounding Christ and she does not have access to Christ. So what she does is she says, if only I touch the hem of his garment, I will get healed. The hem is what heals the woman. No, 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 no. Let me correct myself. Jesus is who heals the woman. Okay. The power of Christ is what heals the woman, but the garment is the access in which the woman is healed. But the garment by itself, on its own, it has no power to heal. And this is the same with us today, okay? By ourselves, we have no power to heal. We have no power to do things. We have no power to move mountains. But through the Holy Spirit, which Jesus, Jesus Christ has already promised us, by receiving him, we, are, we become able. Huh? We are able to do all the things <laughs> that the Bible says that we can do, okay? Jesus Christ goes and says, the things that you see me doing, they are all good and, and well, but you will be able to do these and even greater miracles. You will be able to do these and even greater signs because what the spirit that is in you can do is limitless. Because the Bible tells us that there is nothing impossible with God. Anyway, back to practice. So you ask me, how do I practice my faith? Okay. How do I now go and practice this faith? How do I know that I've gotten to a point where I've started practicing my faith? Okay, so the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 7 about the three most important things. Okay, those things are the Bible says, and I'm just going to read out for you. Okay, so that you get the context as well. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And, the, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened and he asks which of you if your son asks for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a snake if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him so in everything do to others what you have done what you would have do what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophet okay the last part don't focus on it. Maybe one day we will discuss that. But let's let's focus on these three points. Okay? He says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Okay? These are the fundamentals of practicing our faith. Okay? When you ask, you will receive. When you seek, you will find. When you knock, it will be opened for you. These are the fundamentals 
of us practicing our faith. I don't know what it is that you have to ask for. But the more you ask for it, the more your faith grows because you will receive it. But you see, see, see the most important thing is, firstly, you need to believe that this passage applies to you. You need to believe that this passage is true for you and is true for your life. You cannot practice something unless if you believe in it. Okay, so when you start practicing it, you practice to an extent that even if you don't receive, you still believe that you will receive. That even when the door isn't open, you still believe that the door will be open. That even when you knock and I mean, even when you seek and you don't find, you still believe that you will find. Anyone who has understood these, okay, who have understood these, that they are asking, they are seeking, and they are knocking, will all be responded to does not lose heart when they pray because they know that God will answer them even if he does not answer them when they pray at that moment. I don't know if you're hearing me, but I'm getting somewhere. Okay, I'm getting somewhere. So to practice our faith, we start with the small things and we ask them, we seek them, and we knock. And as we gradually start getting the things that we are asking for, as we gradually start finding the things that we seek, as we gradually, okay, start seeing doors that we knock at being opened, our faith begins to grow and our faith muscles begin to build up. Okay, anyone who's had an experience with gym would know, okay, you don't start by lifting 50 kg unless if you've lifted it before, okay. You start small, start with your five kgs, then you move to your tens, then you move to your twenties. And as you go on, as you go on, okay, your muscles begin to, to grow. As your muscles begin to grow, the strength is there. So you can take on anything, then you can take on bigger weights. But you don't take on bigger weights. You don't start by taking on bigger weights. And this is the same with faith. Okay, I'm not saying that God can't do the big things when you ask him for big things immediately. I'm saying that you will be dismayed when you do not get the big things that you ask for and it will kill you to a point that you will think that he cannot even do the little things. About two years ago, when my wife and I got in a very tight situation, one of the things that I did was one time I prayed and the prayer was answered. Okay, it was a small thing. Okay, yeah, it was a very small thing. And I said, God, today can you just give me this? And God gave me that. Okay, and I think that what we haven't discovered is there are things that can immediately come to us, and then there are things that will take time before they get to us. And until we understand this as well, then we will know how to apply the ask, seek, and knock rule. But these rules are applicable to each one of us who believes in Christ, who believes in the power of his resurrection, who believes that they have the Holy Spirit in them. We have a relationship with God that allows us to do all of these. This is the same reason why Jesus Christ says, whatever you ask in my Father's name, I shall give to you. Because in my name my father shall give to you rather because he understands that it's the type of relationship that we have with the father 
And I get it. Sometimes you ask for things and they don't come to you. Sometimes you knock and these doors don't get open. Sometimes you seek and you don't find. But you know what the Bible says? <laughs> we should be persistent. Okay? Let me, let, me, let me tell you this. So, as we read Luke 18. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to read it. It's too long and it's, <laughs> it might take too much time. But, just a rough summary. Okay? So, Luke tells us, okay, a story that Jesus told the disciples. Okay? So, Jesus told the disciples a story about a woman who needed justice and protection. Okay? So, this woman goes to a judge. This is a shrewd judge. He does not respect God. He does not like God. In fact, he hates God and men. Okay? He didn't fear God at all. Not cared about the people around him. Okay? This woman goes to this man and she says, I need justice and I need your protection, king. I mean, judge. And the judge turns her down. She goes. She comes back again. The judge turns her down. She comes back again. The judge turns her down. And it gets to a point where the judge says, this woman is annoying. This woman is tiring me. And I cannot keep taking her being here. So what the judge does is says, okay, I will grant you what you are praying for. I will grant you what you are asking me for. Okay? And the judge grants her that. And then Christ goes and says, now, if this judge who has no fear for God and is not a good person, particularly, okay, can do this for someone that they have no care for, how much more will your father in heaven do for you who he cares for? And this is taking us back to what seeking and asking, seeking and, I mean, asking, seeking and <laughs> knocking tells us, tells us, okay? Christ tells us that if you guys can do things for your children and you guys are not even good people, how much more will God do for you? And interesting enough, in Luke 18, he says, will God not avenge for you quickly? So will God not do this for you quickly? And I get it. It's tiring praying for something over and over again. It's draining. But you know what Jesus Christ says? He says, I wonder if I will find people with such persistent faith anywhere around this world. I think we have lost that. This is why our faith muscles don't grow. This is why we don't grow in faith. This is why we remain in the same stage. This is why we remain in the stage of disciple. If you go back to the two messages that I've shared, I've, I've mentioned this before, okay? Disciple level of faith is the faith that says every time God does something, I get shocked that God can do it. Because I've never seen him do it in my head. Even if he's done it before, but I get shocked every time. Every time I face a difficult moment, I get scared, I get shaken up, and I lose the little faith that I had. And not little on the basis that you can count it because faith is absolute. On the basis that it's just not there. It has doubts. So I start doubting God when... <laughs> oh my God. When Peter is walking on water and Jesus said, you can walk on water. And he starts doubting and he starts dr drowning. 
it's not because God has no power to keep him walking on the water, but it's because he needed to be proven. His faith needed to be proven. And interesting enough, okay, this is what Peter was doing. Peter was one of the people who tested his faith. Okay? Him walking on water was him saying, if for real, for real, this is the voice of God that is telling me to walk on this water, then I'm going to walk on this water. So he starts walking, but then he stops. Because his faith muscles were not really, really, really built up. I know that these guys' faith muscles were built up when Christ had already gone, because when they get to the man at the gate called Be Beautiful in Acts chapter 3, <laughs> they didn't have to do anything fancy. They just said, rise in the name of Jesus, and he rises and he walks. And that is the faith that God, that Jesus Christ, wants us to reach. That is the faith level that we need to get to. But our faith muscles can only be built through practice and persistency. Practice and persistency. We practice and we persist. We practice and we persist. We practice and we persist. We practice what God must do in our lives and we are persistent when those things don't happen when we ask for them to happen. We don't stop asking for them. We don't change the goalpost. I'm getting to the end. This woman is proof of how we should be when we have built faith muscles. We have so much confidence that we don't stop believing that God can do the things that he said he will do in our lives. In fact, we have so much confidence that even the things that he didn't say he will do, we know that he will do. Because he can do all things. And I wonder, do we still have the faith to persist? Because if we don't have the faith to persist, then we can't build faith muscles. Because faith muscles require persistent people. Faith muscles require people who keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, and pushing until they get to where they're going. If there's anything I've learned in Christ, is there's nothing that you ask for that he will not give to you. In conclusion, in conclusion, we're landing this plane. All I'm saying is throughout this faith series, okay, we've, identi we've, we've been able to identify, okay, the type of faith we need to have according to how Christ instructs us, okay, and how Christ lived his life. And we've discovered what triggers our faith. Now let's take the trigger. Let's use it on a daily basis to build our faith muscles. Okay? There are things in your life that God has persistently kept bringing back because they are supposed to build your faith. And now that you've identified them, use them to build your faith. Work around them and say, God, 
I know you can conquer this mountain, so conquer it for me today. And God conquers it. And then you face another one and say, God, conquer this mountain for me. And you conquer it. And you conquer it. And you conquer it. And you conquer it. And eventually, you come to a place where you've already proven that you can conquer anything that requires you to conquer it over time. Because everything ultimately will bring you to a place where you need to endure. And endurance requires time. And eventually we come to a place where we have pursued what James mentions as being complete. To be complete, he says, the testing of your faith. It will begin with the testing of your faith. But if I don't know what I'm being tested on, I'm not going to be able to get complete. And if I know what I'm being tested on, but I don't practice being tested on it, I'm not going to be complete. If I keep losing confidence, if I keep doubting that God can do things, then I cannot have the capacity to practice what God wants me to practice to get to the faith level that God wants me to get to, which will lead me to being complete. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he tells a story okay, about athletes. He says that, Every athlete, before they go to a competition, they begin with training, okay? Every one of us begins with training. Every athlete begins with training before they go to competition. And then he goes on and says that, and the title which they're fighting for is of an athlete type and it, it will perish. But ours is eternal. Ours is pleasing God through our faith. Our faith is eternal, okay? So everything that we do begins with us practicing our faith. Because this is what Paul is talking to you and I about today. That our faith has to be trained up so that we reach a place of confidence in God completely without having doubts. Now, let me close. Gideon, okay, is still our point of reference. Hear me out. Gideon is our point of reference because Gideon went to the angel of God and said, I'm going to practice my faith. So I'm going to ask the angel of God to show me a sign. And the angel of God showed him a sign. So his faith grew. And he said, angel of God, show me another sign. Angel of God showed him another sign. And his faith grew even bigger. And he said, angel of God, show me another sign. And his faith got even bigger. When you go to the next chapter of the book of Judges, you realize that his faith has grown because this time, okay, this time he is told, bring men. He comes with 30 men, 30,000 men, okay, brings this many number of men. And God says, decrease them. He decreases them. And then he's left with 10,000. And God says, no, it's still too many. Decrease them again. And he takes out 7,000 coupled. Okay? All of them, gone. Okay? And when he does that, when he does that, and he's doing that, he is not even afraid to say, God, I will not be able to win with this small number of people, this 300 number of people, I will not be able to win with them. No. Now he has built up faith muscles that allow him to know that God will win this battle for him. So he is confident of it. So it doesn't matter for him whether it's 30,000 men, whether it's 33,000 men. Or it's 10,000 men. 
or it's 300 men. Now he knows that God can conquer regardless of the number of men. He has built faith muscles because he built a reputation that allows him to know who God is through asking the angel of God for a sign. Now I wonder, do you want a sign that will lead to you proving your faith? Or do you want a sign that will lead to you proving that God exists? Or you're just looking for a sign in general. You don't care what the sign does. You're just looking for a sign because that's just a waste of time. Anyway. And this is the application of this message. Okay. Today, take this. Your faith needs to be trained up. Your faith muscles need to be trained up on a daily basis. You need to do something very small or very big. It doesn't matter. Just do something that shows that you want to have faith. Okay, just do something that leads you to having faith in God. Whether it's taking a step on water, like Peter, or asking an angel of God to turn things around, or whatever. Just take small faith steps. Start training your faith. Amen. So, if you're, if, you're, if, you've, if you've been listening to this message and this is probably your first time listening to this podcast and you're like, what is this guy talking about? And you want to know more about our podcast or anything like that. But most importantly, you want to know about Jesus Christ. Okay, because our podcast is not important. Jesus Christ is. Okay, our podcast, you can know anything about it online. But Jesus is who you want to know about. And you're saying, I have an interest in listening to these messages going forward, but I want to know more about Jesus. Okay, not only do I want to know more about him, but I want to receive him as my Lord and Savior because I also want to come to a place where I'm confident that he can do all things. I want to also be able to ask from him. I don't want to be using my power anymore. I don't want to be using my strength anymore. I want to have faith in him and I know that my faith in him will get me to the places where I want to get. So here's, here's an opportunity for you to do this prayer with me very quickly. Okay, it's a very short prayer and it will just help you to get saved today. You will be born again after saying this prayer. It's that simple. Okay, you don't have to do anything fancy. You don't have to bring a burnt offering like Gideon brought a burnt offering. No, you do not. You just have to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that is how you will get to enjoy the benefits of the kingdom of God. That is how you will be able to ask, seek, and knock. And things will come to your life. So yeah, uh, if you're there and you're listening, please say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I come before your throne. I humble myself. I know that you died on the cross and you rose so that I could live. Today I rise with you. Today I want to receive the Holy Spirit. So create in me a clean heart and purified heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Bring me back into the Lord's presence today. Make me a new creation. Today I admit I speak it with my mouth. I confess it with my mouth that I am born again. I am no longer a sinner. I am no longer a slave to sin. I want to enjoy the inheritance of the kingdom of God. Thank you for proving your existence. Thank you for loving me. In the name of Jesus, I am born again.
Amen. Yeah, so if you did that prayer, uh, we have about three sites in which you can reach us. We have our website, which you can go to, just search www.jesuscastco.co.za and you can fill in a form there that will send you a message directly to us and we will respond to you. Uh, or you can send us a TikTok, a message on TikTok. Yes, a DM on TikTok. Our DMs are open on TikTok, so you can just request. You can send us a message and we will respond to you. If you this is for people who, who have receive jesus christ as their lord and savior today but if you want prayers as well you can even send us a message on tiktok or on instagram uh our handles on both of them are at jesus cast co so you can find us very easily this is the same with facebook and youtube yes so you can find us on most platforms except for twitter it's the only platform that we are not on but anyway my point is if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please do drop us a message on any of those platforms and we will respond to you and we will help you to take this journey, to take the first steps into this journey with us. You know, and I promise you it's going to be an amazing journey. It's going to be an exciting journey. Jesus loves you and he cares for you and he wants you to be with him in paradise. Amen and amen. So yeah, uh, we are done for today's message. Thank you very much for tuning in. Let me just say a prayer and we close. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We honor you. We praise you that God, you've been with us from the beginning of the session up until the very end. And we pray, Jehovah, that whoever has made it to the very end, O oh Lord, or by listening to this message, O oh Lord, that God, they grasp whatever that you wanted them to grasp. That God, this message, O oh Lord, will impact them, Father. That God, it will not be my many words or anything Jehovah that is fancy that I said oh Lord that will get them to you Jehovah that will build their relationship with you God it will be the message itself it's core Lord and I pray Jehovah that God they will understand the message according to the way you want them to understand it God not according to the way I want them to understand it Father let it not be according to my standard but your standard Father in the name of Jesus I pray for them as they continue in their week oh Lord that you prosper them, Lord, that their families and friends, O oh Lord, have good health. That Jehovah, in everything that they do, O oh Lord, they put you first and that they continue to practice their faith. And you are pleased with them practicing their faith, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you. Amen and amen. Amen. Bye.